Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Coastal Midweek Podcast. So excited that you guys are tuning in this week. TJ and I are actually going to do something a little different over the next two weeks. This is kind of going to be a two-part podcast because this past week, um, our staff hosted um, an ARC Leadership One Day, which basically is the church planning organization that we um, just partner with to help plant churches. But we also just have a heart to help pastors and church staffs. And so we hosted a lot of leaders here that are church leaders this past week. And TJ actually shared a session on some of the things that he's learned in the past 12 years of, you know, planting coastal and leading coastal. And he did it in the, you know, through the lens of church planting. But I really think I said, TJ, I think this is something that can apply to so many people. And so I have TJ here this week, and he's going to share some of those things with us. It was, I think, eight things. Eight things. It started off as seven, and then uh, I just kind of threw an eighth one in there that I thought was— Because you wanted to make it even, probably. No, no, actually, I didn't. It's actually, you're supposed to have odd numbers, but— Oh. um, Oh, okay. It helps people remember when it's odd for some reason. I don't know why that is. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so it's going to be two-parter. Today, you're going to get four, and then next week, you'll also get four. So TJ, let's dive in and just talk about maybe a little bit of where this came from and then dive into to some of those points. Yeah, actually, it came from uh, necessity to, we had a speaker that was supposed to be here for <laughs> this. Seems like a common theme. Yeah, this common theme over this past week. We had a speaker that was supposed to come in, uh, but his flights from California got canceled. And so we got that news late uh, Sunday night, and which meant that I was missing a session and I wasn't planning on doing anything because technically I'm supposed to be on a sabbatical right now. <laughs> and so I woke up early on Monday morning and just said, you know, I was thinking about, I, I looked through some old messages and I was like, none of these like really work to to talk to church planners or leaders. And I just said, well, what are what are the lessons that I've learned? Yeah. You know, what are the things that stand out? I mean, there's been a ton of lessons that I've learned in the last 12 years uh, starting and leading our church through a lot of different seasons. Yep. But what were the big ones that I thought would be really, really important for uh, a church planner, a pastor, or just in general, anybody that's leading an organization mm-hmm. to, to think about or think through? Well, and I think in, in reality— all of us are leading yeah. in some way. We lead our families, you know, we, so I think it's really applicable to to people in their lives. Yeah. Specifically, I, I think that this is going to speak uh, a lot to, and I'm just going to, yeah. um, uh, it's going to speak to pastors and it's going to speak to, to people that are leading organizations. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, because you're, you're going to go through all of these things at some point yep. in time. Yep. And so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. Uh, this is how I, I kind of termed number one. Uh, Coastal was about what God was trying to do in me, not through me. And I would say if you have a vision for anything, yep. um, 
at some point you're going to have a vision for your for your finances, for your family, for for uh, your future, for your marriage, right. whatever it may be. When you get a vision, you're going to think, man, what? Look at all the things God wants to do through me. But the reality is, is before he ever does something through you, he's going to do something in you. And yeah. so uh, when when we were starting Coastal, I thought, man, I was going to be God's gift to church planning. I mean, <laughs> I, I literally thought like, we're going to start. This is going to be easy. This is going to be God's easy. Man, we're gifted. This. We're yeah. talented. We're all of these things. It's just going to fall into place. And uh, there were a lot of things I needed to learn. There were not a lot of things that God needed to work out in me. Yeah. And those first couple of years were were not about like what God was going to do through me. It was like what was God doing in me? God was breaking me with a lot of, of a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. He was showing me areas that I needed to address in my life that I needed to get right before mm-hmm. I could help somebody else get right. Yeah. And um, and and I think for a lot of us uh, on the front end of things, it's not about like the the outcome of what is going to happen for the world out there it's it's about what's going to happen inside of you yeah and so god is working a lot of things i know i know for me uh a lot of that first part was was finding my voice finding yeah. out who god really wanted me to be as tj mccormick first of all and then tj mccormick as a pastor yeah. like who who had he created me to be you know, I, I tried to mimic a lot of other people. I tried to mimic a lot of other mm-hmm. things. And it was about discovering the authentic self, you know, and and it was actually kind of funny. And this this one day we're sitting with uh, Pastor Greg Surratt, who is here, and yeah. he was, you know, and and Shayla started revealing the things that I say on a weekend. And, and Greg was just kind of shocked because I would say it's a level of honesty and transparency yeah. that probably most pastors don't ever get. But mm-hmm. I just found that that's, that's who God called me to be. Yeah. And well, and I think in this culture, in this day and age, everybody, like there's a temptation to be a version of yourself that, you know, oh, this person on social media has success or this person's having success in their business. So I should, maybe I should do things the way that they're doing it. And to some level, you can take principles. Yeah. But really at the core of who you are, you have to be an authentic version of yourself. And I think in this day and age, people struggle with that. And I would also say, you know, to your point of it's about what God was doing in you before he was going to do something through you. And I think that there's a lot of people that are walking through challenges and difficulty right now. And sometimes we we question maybe the vision that God's given us or the dream that God's given us because we're walking through difficulty when really sometimes it's just going, okay, God. What are you trying to do in me right now to prepare yeah. me for the vision that you've given me that you want to do through me? Yeah. And so maybe it's just a question we need to ask ourselves is like, what are you trying to do right now? Well, the difficulty is is where we get shaped. You know, yeah. in good times, we don't change. You know, I, I psychology will actually tell you people change in one of two seasons, pain or pleasure. Most of the time, pain. And most of the time, it's pain. Pleasure doesn't cause people to change. And, and so in those painful seasons— um, one, Sam Chan, who's a great author, he wrote a book called Leadership Pain. Yes, It's excellent. an incredible book. I've read it a couple times. Um, I, I think every leader, every person should read it. It's he, really geared more towards the church world, but if you're a business leader, you can filter it through I think it's geared lens. towards yeah, yeah any of that. But he says the, the level of pain that you're willing to, he actually has an equation. I, I think I uh, I know it here. Um, what it, What is it? That he says, he it said, says growth, growth equals is change, change, change equals loss, loss, loss equals, equals pain. pain. So inevitably growth equals pain. Yep. Um, 
And so, you know, if you're not willing to go through difficult seasons and mm-hmm. difficulty is always going to cause things to be removed from you. Yep. And loss is always going to equal pain. Yeah. And when you get in pain, you go, man, there's something that's got to change. Right. And until you're willing to change, you're going to continue to go through the pain. Yep. And so, uh, so it, it took me about four years to figure that out, um, you know, because I'm I'm stubborn and I'm hard-headed. But as soon as I started embracing that yeah, and the, the change that God wanted to do in me, then I started seeing God do things through me. Yep. And so I would say no matter where you're at in life, uh, it, it's important to do that. And I think what Shayla said about looking at other people and applying the principles, because listen, we don't need another Elon Musk. We already right. have one. We don't need another Stephen Furtick. We already have one. Yeah. We need a unique you. Yep. We need a unique me who God created us to be. And if we'll discover who that is, then right. the world will be so much better. And so yep. that was the first thing I I, I talked about. Mm-hmm. The second thing I talked about, I said, then it isn't about you. It's about how great of a team you can surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this is big because at first on the front end of anything, it's always about you. Yeah. But then it's got to change really, really quickly yep. and go, who am I surrounding myself with? This is something we talk about all the time yeah. at Coastal. Who you surround yourself with is who yep. you're going to be like. And I think you're only as strong as the people around you and the people around you are going to make you or break you. And and so on the front end, you're just looking, I I know in the church world, we were just looking for warm bodies. So I was like, (laughs) man, do you, people would come and tell me, I believe crazy things. They'd be like, do you believe that? I said, I would, I would respond back. Do you believe that? If they did, I'd say, yeah, we believe that. Cause I just was, I just wanted anybody. (laughs) anybody. I was trying to get anybody to come to church, be a part of what we were doing. But over time, I realized that just taking anybody would actually hinder yep. the the vision and the future of where we wanted to go. And, and so I started discovering that the people I, that were closest to me were going to be the most critical to our yeah. success. And so we started looking for people that had the same values, yep. that had the same vision, mm-hmm. that that were team players, that, that were leaders, not just doers. Willing and to do whatever it took. Whatever mm-hmm. it took. And, and then... And then building a culture yeah. around that. And that's really when people look at our church today and they're like, man, I love how friendly it is, or I love whatever it may be. It was because we developed this culture internally yeah. based on some values that yep. we held high to. Yep. And and we just never wavered from them. Well, and 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 team is so important. And I just I want to give a shout out to our team. Yeah. Because I think we have one of the best church staffs out there. I know that people, people come into our church and they're like, you know, one of the things they comment on every single time is just, um, our staff and how amazing they are and how bought in they are and how for the vision they are. And, and that's, I I would say that a hundred percent, they're willing to do whatever it takes. They never say, well, that's not my job or, you know, and that's really the secret sauce of coastal and what makes coastal is not TJ and I, but the people that make up the team, yeah. the staff team of Coastal. Yeah, I, I I tell pastors all the time, or people that come in. I listen. I know, or when people compliment me, I'm I'm always very aware that it took a huge team effort. Yep. And so, like, man, our team did a great job on this. Like, yes. every I, I I read this a long time ago, and actually, it was a guy named Pastor Bill Shear. He told me he told me a, a couple things. He said. Um, he said, number one, tell your team, there's never a problem too big that they can make that you can't clean up. Yeah. 
And uh, I think that's something I've I've told our our staff multiple times. Listen, there's not a there's not a decision that you that you're going to make that I can't clean up. So right. so Give take some, some confidence to lead. Take some chances, mm-hmm. lead. And then um, the second thing that he he told me is that if if you're on board with the vision, every victory is yours and every defeat is mine. Mm-hmm. And I so think good. as a leader, uh, when it comes to team. Every victory has to be your team's victory. It has to be, you're not the winner, they're the winner. That's right. And every defeat is your defeat, not their defeat. Yep. And um, ownership. It's it's the ownership aspect. And if you want to build a great team, you've got to take ownership in that way where you're going to give away every victory and every success, Mm -hmm. and you're going to take hold of every defeat. And then there's a pastor named Phil Dooley who who said something that I wrote down. He said, the best teams are made up of a bunch of nobodies who love everybody and serve anybody and don't care about becoming a somebody. So good. Um, So good. And I think that that's that's a great way to look for people. The best teams are made up of a bunch of nobodies who love everybody, serve anybody, and don't care about becoming a somebody. Yep, so great. So number three then is is who you start with will not be who you end with. <laughs> uh, and this is this is so important, especially in, in the church world, because I remember on the front end, uh, we built a team of about 35 uh, 18 to 22-year-olds with a few. Uh, Which we needed desperately. Older people sprinkled in Mm -hmm. to start our church. And and today, one of those people is left with us 12 years later. Um, And and honestly, I learned very early on that um, there were going to be people that God put in our life for the construction phase. And and how I looked at it is is in in construction, when you're building a building, you always put up scaffolding. Mm -hmm. But as construction is being completed, the scaffolding comes down. Well, there's there's going to be people that God are going to put into your your business, into your career, yep. into your path that are going to be there for a season, but they're not meant to be there forever. Like right. if if you finish construction on your home, and when you finish, you left all the scaffolding up, that would look kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but what you do is when you get near the end, you start taking those things down, yeah. signifying that that season has ended. And I think in life there are people that are just seasonal, and I'm I'm, I'm glad because they were the perfect yes. people for that season to get us to that place. But what got you there won't take you to the next place. Yep. And so you know, when, every time I've, I've I've found this that every time God removes somebody, it feels like man that that subtraction to us. But God God always adds somebody that's uh, that's a addition to us or a multiplier mm-hmm. to us in their place. And yeah. so every time somebody transitions or changes, it's it's it always hurts because as a pastor, I want everybody to stick with us. Yeah, like yeah. it's just my natural inclination. Well, still to this day, it hurts when people leave or, you know, and it's not always for a bad reason, you know, but it's, it's loss. It is loss. It's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every time that happens, God brings somebody else that was yeah. like so much better for the next season we were going in. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, there's a key in this because I think in, in life, you know, the same thing happens in our relational world, right? Like there's friends that come and go, there's people that come and go. Um, and, and sometimes it can be really easy to close ourselves off. I think in those seasons and to be like, Oh, well, this person might leave me or whatever, but having an openness in our heart to just, you know, to let go and to have this realization that, okay, maybe that was just for a season and God wants to bring something different in this next season. 
opening ourselves up to allowing that type of mentality, I think protected us from a little bit of, you know, just like hardening of your heart. Yeah. I think in that process and not wanting to to trust the next person that comes in because if if we don't extend trust, then we're going to live in an isolated world and we're just going to constantly think, well, this person's going to leave and this person's going to leave, but when you can approach it with this attitude of like, hey, for whatever season this person is here, you know. Yeah. Like I'm going to invest and they're going to, you know, add value to the organization. And, yeah. you know, I think it's important. One thing that we learned very early on is, is we live with an open hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people have an ownership thing. Like these people are mine, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the church. Well, these are my people. Yeah. Well, they're not mine. They're actually God's. Yeah. I'm a steward of them. And God might be trying to use them somewhere else. And and that yeah. and that's exactly right. Yeah. And so he might move them, he may adjust them, you know. And so I've got to be willing that he gave them to me, he can take them away as well. Yep. And yep. and if if the moment I start closing my hands, it, it also means that God can't give me more. Yeah. And so, so I always want to live with an open mm-hmm. hand and, mm-hmm. and just remember that who I start with isn't yeah. always going to be who I end with. And then yep. number four, which will kind of end today, uh, I, I said this, your church doesn't have to be the greatest at everything, but you better be great at something. <laughs> and and, and I, I think this is important because when I, I moved here, like I said earlier, I thought we were going to be God's gift to the church world. And when I moved here, I, I, I realized that, man, there were a lot of great churches here. And, and some of them were really, really great at mm-hmm. what they did. I mean, we had Bob Coy at Calvary Chapel, who might be one of the best uh, exegetical uh, people at taking apart the Bible and preaching verse mm-hmm. by verse, week by week. I mean, you just like there was, there was probably nobody like there's him. probably nobody like him in the world. He he might be one of the best in the absolute world. And then I, I met this guy named David Hughes, who ended up becoming my big brother down here in South Florida. Who, when I went to their church, I realized that they were the most creative church <laughs> on the planet. Like yep. every weekend was going to be like a, a Broadway show. And and I realized that we were not That's incredible. We were not going to be the most creative church. Like they 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 had that. Yeah. And then then I I went around and I visited Christ Fellowship, uh, the Gardens Campus, and I quickly realized that that was like Disney World for kids. And so mm-hmm. I, I I was like, oh my goodness, we're never going to be able to compete with mm-hmm. this. I mean, they have indoor playgrounds and and yeah. just all kinds of things. And I thought to myself, well, I guess we're not going to be the the greatest kids ministry. <laughs> uh, environment in the world. And then at the time I went to a church called Flamingo Road Baptist Church and it seemed like everything they touched turned to gold. And and they, we went in there and their their music worship, and their worship yeah. was out of this world. I mean they had people that were on the voice and they had people that were on American Idol on mm-hmm. I mean it was it was unbelievable. I was like, well I guess we're not gonna have the best worship that was out there. And and I started looking around and I go, you know, what are we really good at? Mm-hmm. And um and I realized that you know what? We're really good at loving people and and being really, really friendly and life-giving authentic. and authentic. And so, you know what? We're going to build the best community we possibly can. Yep. And, uh, and you know, we're going to try to be good at all those other things, but we're probably not going to be the best, but we can be the best at this. Yeah. And so we built our church around community and relationships and about being friendly and making sure we're always out front talking yep. to people. Yep. And the thing that people come when they come to our church now that they always say is it it just felt like home. Yeah. Like people were so embracing friendly. and so friendly and so welcoming. Yeah. And 
that that it just felt like home. And and that was intentional because we realized we're not going to be the best at everything, but we can be the best at something. And I yeah. think that no matter where you're at in life, mm-hmm. whether you're in a career path, whether you're in a home, you got to go, listen, we might not be the best at everything. And we're going to try to be good at all those things. Yeah. I'm not saying, hey, we can yeah. totally neglect yeah. those things, but we better find something that we can excel at and be known for. Yeah. You know, um, Seth Godin wrote a book called The Purple Cow uh, mm-hmm. a long time ago. And he talks about, you know, there, when you're driving by the road and there's just cows out there, what you just see are a bunch of cows. But if you ever saw a purple cow, it would stand out. Like you would go, you would notice that. Yeah. And he, he said that every organization, they have to figure out how they're going to be the purple cow in the sea of cows. Mm. And uh, I think no matter what, every one of us has to find what is our niche that we're going to excel in and that we're going to be known for and that we're going to build everything on. And for us, we just decided that we're going to build it on relationship. We're going to build it on this. This is who we are. We're an authentic, Mm -hmm. Mm life-giving, real place where where everyone's Everyone's welcome welcome. because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I just think... In life, I do going back to this culture where it's so easy to compare ourselves among ourselves, yeah. kind of thing, and to to try to be a version of somebody else. You know, it is going back and going. We talk about this in in Discover. I think we're all a ten, yeah, in some something. area of our life, and and just because we're not a ten at what we see b- being valued in other people's lives doesn't mean that we don't have something to contribute. And so, I, I mean, I think it's hard to look at our own life and go, man, what, it, what am I good at? Cause it's easiest to see the negative things, right? It's easy to things, all, all the things that we're not, yeah. but really just sitting down and going, man, what's one of the best contributions that I can make? What do I bring to the table? And then just be really good at that. Yeah. I, I think about David and Goliath in first Samuel 17th, you know, you, you, you think Goliath was well versed in battle. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, he, he was probably the best soldier that there was. Yeah. But here's the thing. I doubt that he had ever fought a shepherd. Mm. You know, think about all the battles yeah. that he fought. And it, and I think about it, the fact that it was a good thing that David didn't, didn't pretend to be a soldier. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause Goliath knew exactly how to fight a soldier, but he had no idea how to fight a shepherd. A shepherd. And, and, and I think it's important that you've got to be you. Embrace. Yeah. You got to be you yeah. and you've got to be good at your craft. Yep. Well, everybody tried to make David something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But David goes, no, no, no. This is who I am. Yep. He used what he got. He brought a sling to a sword fight. Yep. And he won. Why? Because yep. you got to do you. Be the best version of you. You got to be yep. the best yep. version of you. And the best version of you always wins. That's right. That's so good. Where a secondary version of you trying to be somebody else, mm-hmm. I promise we'll lose. Yeah. Well, Thank you, TJ, for sharing those things. And you guys, um, next week, we're going to finish out these eight things, these eight lessons that that Pastor TJ's learned over the years that I think can apply to all of us. So hopefully you guys got something out of this week. Take some time, do a little screenshot of, of this podcast, share it so that other people can you know, find value in the conversation. So hopefully you guys have an incredible week and we will see you guys back here next week.